All right, if we could just uh, thank the worship team real quick for that awesome worship. Great job. Next, I really just want to shout out the baseball team for coming, sitting in the front. Just give them a round of applause. It, it might be the first time that they've seen the front of the chapel, but we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide this time. Um, one more shout out before I pray and we get started on the message. Can Coach Danny Bishop please stand up wherever you are? Stay standing. You can't sit down yet. It's Coach Bishop's birthday today, so if I'm going to say happy birthday, you ready to stand? All right, now let's pray. Lord, use my words to honor and glorify you. Amen. It had to be short. You guys can't fall asleep already. All right, so now we're going to dive into the word. Um, Right into the word, get, it's from the message, Matthew eleven twenty-eight thirty. 30. It reads, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. When on the on-force rhythms of grace, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So it's kind of weird that I chose this passage before the chapel theme was even uh, let out. Uh, the chapel theme is via, which via means the way, the path, the journey. All right? And this, this verse kind of represents that. All right? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey okay? and kind of how it led me to be here where I am today. Um, so the message for my, or the title for my message today is Walk It Out. Kind of like the song Walk It Out, but we don't play that because, yeah. All right. Have you ever been asked a seemingly simple question and not know how to answer or fumbled for the answer or just like started to answer and felt like you were making it up? That happened to me one time when I was a freshman in college, right at the beginning of my career in fresh, as a freshman. I was at Davidson College in North Carolina. Uh, I was playing football there and one of my teammates asked me to go to a Thursday night worship service. Of course I said yes. I grew up a Christian. Um, wanted to make Christian friends outside of the football, football team. Uh, Davidson was not a Christian school, so I had to find any way to do that possible. So on the way to the worship night, he asked me this question. How is your walk with the Lord? And I sat there for a second, didn't know how to answer him. I was like, uh, um, good? And he was like, okay, cool. That, that's it. That's all he said. We continued through worship. Uh, that night, nothing really changed. You know, I just kind of worshiped and uh, just living my normal life. I'd never been asked that question ever. Grew up Christian, grew up going to youth group, uh, Christian music conferences, festivals, everything. You name it, I was there, all right? I was the typical, prototypical, great Christian, right? I said the right things, did the right things. In my little town where I grew up, that's all you had to do to be a Christian, all right? Say the right things, do the right things in the public eye, all right? Behind the scenes, it's not always the case. As I'm sure a lot of you know, all right? So that question, wrestled with it for a while. Closer to the end of the, that semester, I was invited to the Campus Outreach Conference in Washington, D.C. Uh, that conference was where 600 students go to basically just celebrate their, their lives with Jesus. And when I was there, I met this, this one guy who played football at Wingate University.
and we actually played them that fall. So to provide some context, my, my brother was a senior at Davidson when I was a freshman, and he was a wide receiver. He was running across the middle in the game we were playing against Wingate. Ran across the middle, caught the ball, and got laid out. Probably one of the biggest hits I've ever seen in college football. Took him a while to get up. Uh, sat out the rest of the game, had a concussion, uh, wasn't, wasn't able to play, I think, the next game. Um, and this guy who hit him happened to be the same guy that was at the conference. So I saw him at the conference, and automatically I didn't like him. I was like, that's the guy that hit my brother. He kind of took my brother out of the game. Like, why, why would I like someone that hit, knocked my brother out, right? So conference goes on, and later that weekend, um, I see him worshiping on his knees. Good? Cool. All right. So I see him worshiping on his knees, and I'm like, dang. Like, this guy that I hate, basically hate, is on his knees worshiping Jesus. How does he do it? And I'm not doing that. I'm standing here watching everyone else do it, right? And he's on his knees worshiping Jesus. Uh, it kind of blew my mind, right? It, it wrecked me, honestly. And there are a bunch of other college athletes there, Division One college athletes, like freak athletes, right? Living out their lives for Christ in a way that I was not. And at that point, like, I kind of started to figure out what it meant to walk it out. Or so I thought. Later that year, uh, spring semester, one week before finals, so about four months after the New Year's conference, one week, one week before finals, I was taking a class called metaphysics. Uh, metaphysics is a really rough class. I don't know if any of you have ever taken a class like that, but for me, it was tough. Um, especially with my beliefs, like... Being a Christian, it was just tough. And one of the concepts we had to write a paper on, I had, I had no grasp of that, that concept at all. Um, and I chose, on my final paper, to plagiarize. Next, probably two days later, my professor asked if I'd come to her office. And I said, and I knew exactly why she was asking. So I said, yeah, I'll be there as soon as I can. Got there. And immediately, when I walked in the door, started apologizing. Say, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Uh, I'm normally a good student. Like, uh, I honestly had never done anything like that before in my life. Um, so starting to apologize, and she wanted nothing to do with that. No grace, no forgiveness, nothing. She goes, you have to go sit in front of the honor council. I'm turning you in. Um, I can't trust any of the work you've done in the past. And it kind of blew my mind that she didn't want to give me a second chance at all. Um, so... When new students arrive at Davidson, they have to sign an honor code. It's this big ceremony. Uh, you, get, you get to campus. You sign this honor code. Uh, you, well, actually, like three days into orientation, you sign the honor code, and you stand up at the front of basically an auditorium, all dressed up, suit, tie, everything. And then you sign it, and then your signature gets put up on the wall in the main student uh, building. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty big deal. The honor code basically says you won't cheat, you won't steal, uh, won't lie, you'll treat people with respect, uh, all things that we kind of do here. And I broke that. I broke that code. So, sat in front of the Honor Council. Honor Council, their first punishment for me was going to be I was expelled from Davidson as a whole, completely, for the, for the rest of my career. Um, but I got some people to speak on my behalf. It was basically like a court case. Like, you go in, I had to have witnesses, character witnesses, uh, people who could speak to who the kind of person I am. And one of my RAs came in and 
basically get this raving review about the kind of person I was, um, partially true, partially not true maybe. Um, but on the outside, I was that person. I was the kind of guy that you know people look up to, people um, respect. But behind the scenes, not always. Obviously, from plagiarism, you can tell that. Um, so, make a long story short, I lost all my credits from that semester. Remember, this was a week before finals. Okay, a week before finals. I had done work for three months, right? And then to be told you're losing all those credits, it was pretty hard. And I received an F in that class. So I'd forever have an F on my transcript for plagiarizing one small part on one paper. Okay, and then the second part of the punishment was being suspended for the next semester. So I ended up transferring out of Davidson. But before we get to that point, the hardest part the whole process was not the punishment, not apologizing to the, to the professor. It was talking to my family. Calling my parents was one of the hardest things I've done in my entire life. I lived my whole life trying to please them, trying to make them happy. And I feel like I was going to let them down. I, I, felt, I felt like they are going to disown me, right? So I called them. After the academic dean told me I should because he's going to email them or send them a letter or call them. Because it's been like a week and I hadn't told them because I was prolonging that as long as possible. Um, so, call my parents, I start bawling. Like, I'm bawling my eyes out. And they say, Cam, w w what's wrong? I'm like, well, I, I played jazz on a paper. Um, I'm getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, I explain the whole situation. And they're like, Cam, it's okay. People make mistakes. We'll get through it. All right, it's really okay. We still love you. And that blew my mind. It really did. Like, once again, my whole life was to please them, please other people. And I get to them, and they're like, it's okay. We love you. I was like, dang. Um, and then they asked, did you call your brother yet? No. I had not told my brother yet. Even harder than telling my parents. So get off the phone with my parents. Call my brother. Waterworks are coming back, okay? Crying again. He starts freaking out. What? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I, I plagiarized on a paper. I'm getting into a lot of trouble. He's like, that's it? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean that's it? He goes, people do that all the time. Like, it's okay. Like, you'll just get punished a little bit, and then we'll get through it. Like, it's, it's okay. And I was like, what? But he was mad. He was mad about one thing. That I didn't ask him for help. I didn't ask him for help. He was there. He was a senior. He went through it. He took the same class, but I never asked him for help. So he wasn't upset that I did it. He was upset that I didn't ask him for help. So, so after that, I, like I said, I transferred. Transferred to Ithaca College, uh, where a lot more happened, but I'm not going to get into that because we don't have time today. Um, but a lot happened. Um, and then the summer after that first year at Ithaca, I flew to the state of Washington to visit a girl. Um, and <laughs> so long, long way to go. Like she wasn't even a, she wasn't even a student at 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 the college. Uh, she she was someone I met at Disney World actually. So yeah. Hey, she ended, up, she ended up being a Seattle Seahawks cheerleader, so I don't know. 
All right, so past that, on the way back from Washington, so after that visit, which actually went really well, on the way back, <laughs> on the way back, I felt really convicted. For some reason, on the plane, like I was looking down out the window, and I was like looking at the world, and just like thinking, you know, how small am I? I'm just a small person, and I think I'm so important. Okay. It was crazy to think that. I was pursuing the wrong things. Obviously, I was pursuing girls, sports, a career, not Jesus. All right? I thought I had it figured out way back when, but I didn't. I was still pursuing the wrong things. So let's make, bring it back to the title. Okay, walk it out. How can we walk it out? I have two points for you. First, it's a walk relationship, not religion. You've heard that before, I'm sure. Right? Christians have said this for years, many years. Religion seems to be a list of don'ts, you know, like don't drink, don't do drugs, you know, don't lie, uh, don't steal, don't have sex before you're married, all those things that you've heard many times, right? Um, but the things we often fail to do is teach you why. Why are those things wrong? All right? We should be teaching that your choices have consequences, long-term effects. Every small decision you make today could have a huge impact on your tomorrow. All right? The, the verse I read before from Matthew says, Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Watch how I do it. So how do we get away with Jesus now? We pray, we worship, we read his word, uh, we live life to glorify him. All right? Second point is it's a walk of grace, not guilt. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when we make wrong choices, we feel guilty. At least most of the time, I hope, when you make the wrong choice, you're feeling guilty. And we're at our, when we are at our weakest moments in life, that's when we need forgiveness the most. So kind of to sidetrack a little bit, I was binge-watching on Netflix uh, the show Magic for Humans. Uh, it's a newer one, just released. There's some cool things on it. Um, but one whole episode was about feeling guilty after like sneaking something away or like magic, obviously, so feeling guilty when you're doing a magic trick on somebody. Um, at the end of the episode, the magician said, maybe guilt is just the feeling of needing forgiveness. I heard that on a, on a like, secular TV show. I was like, what? Is he really saying that? But he did. He said, maybe guilt is just the feeling of needing forgiveness. I think that's a good way of saying that guilt is a word that shouldn't exist because we shouldn't have to feel guilty if we understand true forgiveness. The feeling of guilt is just God showing us a different path, a path to his grace. But often, we're humans, so often we feel guilty, we make others feel guilty, all right, because of our critical nature. I heard one time from somebody, I can't remember where it was, but I think it was a pastor during a message somewhere, said that children need models, not critics. 
So, to bring it back to my story, my parents showed me grace and forgiveness by telling me that they love me, just like our Savior. They were models of grace, not critics. They didn't criticize me for plagiarizing. They said, Cam, it's okay. It'll be okay. We'll get through this. We still love you. My brother showed me even more grace by saying, you should have asked me for help. He was a model of grace, not a critic. All right. So FOMO, right? FOMO. You guys have heard of FOMO? Fear of missing out, I'm sure. Um, have you ever, like, you scroll through Instagram, you're like, oh, dang, I really, I really uh, wish I could be there. Or maybe you're at an event, and you're like, you're sitting in one spot, and maybe at a concert, you're sitting in one spot, someone else is sitting in a better spot, and they, you, they put a picture up or an Instagram story up, you're like, oh, those are really sweet seats. I wish I had those seats, right? Imagine with me for a second. What if Jesus had an Instagram? Would you follow him? Jesus turns water into wine. Grape juice in our case. Hashtag covenant. <laughs> but seriously, Jesus turns water into wine. You're going to follow him on Instagram and see that? Heck yeah, right? Jesus walks on water. Are you going to follow that? I know I am. Jesus brings someone back from the dead. Are you going to follow that? Yeah. I'll probably be running to wherever he is to try to figure out what he's doing, right? Like, heal me. Do something to me, right? So we need to live our lives that way. Let's pretend that Jesus is Instagram. Follow Jesus, all right? So back to my story. After my eye-opening trip back from Washington, I decided to leave Ithaca, so my second college, right? So I leave Ithaca and stop playing college sports. Never thought I would play again, ever. I was like, okay, God doesn't want me playing college sports. I'm set. I'm good to go. Decided to take a whole semester off. It was a fall semester. What would have been my junior year? Took a semester off to really try to figure out, you know, where the Lord is calling me, figure out what this relationship meant, like what a relationship with Christ really meant. And back to the verse, said, the part of the verse says, to keep company with him and learn to live freely and lightly. I really wanted to be like that football player from Wingate University that I saw on his knees. I was still reaching for that, still trying to get to that point. He was fully committed to Jesus. So during that month, or that semester, I looked at several amazing schools around the country, the, the whole country, like Boise State in Idaho. I looked in San Diego. I looked in Florida, all over the country. Every school was amazing. Loved every single one. Didn't know how I was going to choose. So God stepped in. Okay. One day, that November, so I looked at schools in September. In November, I got a text message from a high school baseball coach. He said, hey, Cam, uh, Houghton's starting a baseball program. Don't know if you're interested, but the coach is asking about you. I grew up 30 minutes from Houghton College. They didn't have football, didn't have baseball. It was where all the weird Christians went to school. Once again, I was a Christian, but that's where all the weird Christians went to school. Um, just really had no desire to go there at all. So I was like, sure, whatever, give the coach my number. He calls me the next day. His first question on the phone, you know, I think he's going to talk about baseball, ask me about my stats when I was in high school, that kind of stuff. His very first question was, how is your walk with the Lord? I still get chills to this day that he asked me that question first, because that question sent me on a track to really figure out 
my walk with the Lord. I had an answer for him, unlike the last time. My answer was, it's a relationship full of grace that I commit to by living my life for the purpose of honoring and glorifying God in all that I do, not by plagiarizing. To finish, don't miss out on the greatness of Jesus. Follow him today. Walk with him. Walk it out. Thank you. Aren't you grateful that we have people like Coach Cam here as a part of our faculty and staff who are just leading the way for our students, for our athletes, for all of us in so many ways. Thank you, Cam, for, for being vulnerable with us, for sharing with us your mistakes, but for also sharing with us the amazing story of grace seen through people, seen through people, seen through your parents, seen through your brother, seen through a community and this is exactly what Cam was saying when we are trying to spell out for you what the way is, the way of love via, what is that way? Cam's story today just embodies what that is. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. I'm going to close us with a word of prayer and then like every other chapel service, we're going to sing the doxology. One of the things that Cam mentioned was he learned to live in a community that respected each other, and that honored the tradition of covenant life together. And the doxology is one of those covenant practices that we do together. And I know it's been our practice, at least over the last year, for that to really not be the seal and the close of our services. Some of you are just tempted to get out of here as fast as you can, but I'm going to ask you, as part of our covenant life together, and to honor and respect uh, the student workers who are out there scanning you out, would you remain where you are until we have closed this service in this covenant way, in the singing and speaking of these words, which mean so much to us as a, as a community. Would you honor and respect this place and this community by waiting until the conclusion of that today, until you leave this room? I would appreciate your living with us and in respect to that. So would you stand with me as we pray together and then as we sing? God, we thank you for the words of Coach Cam, for the way that they help us to maybe identify in some way with our own mistakes, with our own need for grace, for the way that we are called to live with each other. I pray that his words would penetrate our hearts and minds today. Thank you for this covenant community together, for the ways that you're shaping us. Thank you for your presence here today with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing with me?
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 